Welcome, and thank you for joining us today on the Solomon's Porch Podcast with Bible teacher Barry Borthistle. Barry has been a student of the Word his entire life. As a former pastor, he understands how to disciple people in the Bible. And as a successful business owner, he brings real-world issues into perspective through the lens of Scripture. Go to SolomonsPorchTeaching.com for the notes from this episode. Let the temple filled with His glory Let the courts be filled with His praise Let us worship the Lord in the Holy of Holies Zion rejoices again Let the temple Everybody again for podcast number 11. Again, Dave, thank you for that wonderful course. Let the temple be filled with his praises. And that's what this is really all about. Again, I'm going to encourage all of you to look at the notes and listen to the past podcast number eight, number nine, and 10, so you can get the drift of what we're really talking about, because it'll help you understand the fact that you are the body that your body is God's temple, which I've mentioned before. Very hard for me to get my head around that. But we all know uh, the changes in the world and the different impact that it's had on so many people. And um, for me, as as I understand who I am and and the body is the temple, I can say I'm at more peace than I have been. Although, obviously, I still have my concerns, but I certainly encourage you to listen to the teaching on the last podcast on how to handle trials. So podcast number 10, as I just mentioned, uh, covered that. We're going to talk today about the importance of prayer. Uh, They say that about 50 to 60 percent of Americans pray for the ending of COVID-19. Prayer has become an increasing uh, commodity, I suppose we could say, because of the days that we are living in. But I want to share very briefly with you two stories to illustrate the power of prayer there today. About 250 years ago, there was a man by the name of John Newton. He was the captain of a slave ship, and he was in a terrible, terrible storm. He didn't know God, but he prayed to God. And I don't know what he said in his prayer. We're not told, but he just said, basically, God, if you save us, you know, he would probably change the way he was living and treating other people. Well, God saved uh, the uh, ship and John Newton. He then went on to become an Anglican priest, wrote 250 hymns, 
And the most famous hymn that he wrote is probably the most famous hymn today. Get this, 250 years later, Amazing Grace. Hmm. I would sing it, but I don't want to ruin the hymn. <laughs> John then went on to work with William Wilderforce, who you know was very instrumental in fighting slavery. It would not slavery. It would not have happened without the power of prayer. The other story on page sixteen in your uh, notes, as you've got them, is the Good Samaritan story, and I'm not going to read all of it here, but uh, it, it's really applicable, I think, today because of uh, it, it teaches us. Uh, about the importance of compassion. The Samaritans were a blend of all kinds of mixed races, and the Jewish people of the day had very little respect for them. So they had their, their, they had their racial problems in those days, uh, just like we are today. So when this um, <clears throat> man went out for a walk, he fell into something, and we referred to that concept in, in the podcast last week. When the men fell in amongst these, three types of people passed them. The first person was a priest whose main occupation was to offer sacrifices, and he had no compassion for the wounded man. There's a lot of people out there like that today. Number two, a Levite. Levites were descendants of Levi. They kept a distinct separation from the other 11 tribes, so obviously they had little compassion. He passed by. The Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan shows us eight acts of mercy and compassion that we should show to others, even if we disagree with them. Eight, by the way, in the Bible is the number of new beginnings. Isn't that applicable today? And so the eight things or eight principles that the Good Samaritan shows us are, number one, he had compassion. Number two, he bound up his wounds. Number three, he poured in oil. Number four, he poured in wine. Number five, he set him on his own beast. Number six, brought him to an inn. Number seven, took care of him. And number eight, offered to pay for his care if anything more was needed. We need more people like that. In fact, Jesus sums it up in his parable by saying, go and do likewise. So when we go to page 17, I just want to touch on this briefly. Uh, this is in one of my past podcasts as well. What does the Bible teach about pestilence, plagues, and global pandemics? And you can read that for yourself. A quote by Joel Rosenberg, founder and chairman of the Joshua Fund, who understands what's happening. But something that I want to read to you that is, is very, very important. The, the pandemic has humbled the world. Now, this is from the Wall Street Journal. This is not from some faith-based organization. This is from the Wall Street Journal. Get this. The pandemic has humbled the world. But for societies founded on biblical traditions, pandemics need not make for the end, period. Great struggles can produce Creative Opportunities, the Wall Street Journal, March 2020. Also, the Wall Street Journal reported it was a time for repentance and revival. I find that very, very fascinating. On page 18, then, we're going to talk uh, for the rest of this podcast on the importance of prayer. And 
I have always found uh, quotes to be very, very important. So Ruth is going to read some quotes uh, from prayer on page 18. Yes, I like what Rabbi Zacharias said. I do not believe that one can earnestly seek and find the priceless treasures of God's word and his calling on your life without an effective prayer life. Um, Elizabeth Elliot, she said, prayer lays hold of God's plan for our lives. You know, sometimes when I, I don't know uh, how to pray, I like to turn it into a question. Lord, what have you got in mind? What have you got in mind for this? Or what have you got in mind for me? And um, it brings peace. Billy Graham, to get nations and people back on their feet, we need to get them on their knees first. That's a good one, isn't it? Last one I'm going to read is, um, the most powerful prayer is to pray God's word, because God's word will not return void. And when you pray God's word, here are the subjects that you can pray back, and there are the scriptures, and honey, read the 12. I will. Hope, waiting, anxiety, courage, peace, helplessness, anger, forgiveness, hurt, weariness, strength, fear. Now, if you go to page 18, you'll see all the scriptures that, as Ruth just said, and she's so right, pray, read the verse, so if, if you want peace, or if you're uh, waiting, or if you want hope, or if you're hurt, take that verse, and there it is on page 18, and give it back to the Lord and say, Lord, this is what you said, right? And you know, Barry, if people write out scripture, I think there's a real benefit, there's a, a strength in writing out the word of God too. And all of this is uh, available to us because our body is the temple of God. Page 19, this is a time for spiritual fitness, prayer, and the power of hope. Hope for believers is not an illusion. It is the assurance that good things are going to happen based upon the promises of God. So if your marriage is failing, if your business or finances are sinking, if your children are in trouble, if your health is at risk, there is hope in the living God. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, a preparation for prayer. I know sometimes that, uh, that before I discovered these principles, uh, somebody said the other day that answered prayer is available. I'll say that again. Answered prayer is available. But God does tell us some of the preparation that we should do before we pray. Uh, most of my life, I just go right into prayer. Now I don't anymore. And I've listed eight principles of prayer. We're not going to go into detail on all of them because of time. But I do want to talk about the first three, and then Ruth is going to read the scriptures that um, apply to them. So the first thing I do now is, number one, repent of all known sin. Why? First John 1, 5 to, time, for 5 to 10 says this. This, then, is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. There are five ifs. Get your Bible and look at them. All are a choice. Very, very powerful. Number two really carries on in the same idea. God cannot hear us if we do not repent of sin. How do I know that? Psalm 66, 18 to 20. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily, God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Number three, forgive others, otherwise God cannot forgive us. Matthew 6, 14 to 15. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That is a very powerful statement, and uh, you have to deal with it in your own uh, situation. But let me tell you a story, and some of you may have heard this story, but a wonderful lady by the name of Corey Tenboom. Corey was a Jewish person, and she was in the Holocaust with her parents and some of her family, and many of her family were killed during that horrible time in our history. Years later, Corey was in New York, and she was attending some type of a function. I'm not sure what it was. And she saw a man, and she looked into his eyes, and she recognized, get this now, she recognized from his eyes that he was one of the guards that murdered some of her family. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm not sure how I could have handled that. But what Corey did was looked into his eyes and said, I know who you are, I know what you did, and I forgive you. Corey went on to be used mightily of God, probably because of that one major decision that she made. So the first three are very, very powerful. Number four, do not worry. Number five, we talked about asking for wisdom last week. Number uh, six, you do not, you have not because you ask not. Number seven, this is important. Always address your prayer to the Father. Uh, of course, that's how the Lord prayer starts out. And number eight, and this is for men, all right? Men, uh, ladies, you don't need to listen to this. <laughs> but this is a big one. Number eight, for husbands only, dwell with your wife with understanding and honor, because if you do not, your prayers will not be, will be hindered, which means cut off. Remember, men, your wife was created to be your helpmeet in Genesis, and the word helpmeet in Hebrew means divine aid. That's a very powerful instruction to men for God to answer men's prayers. And then just to remind you, 
how powerful prayer is. And when you understand that you are the temple, your body's the temple, this is who you are, this is the access that you have for answered prayer. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us to Jesus Christ, who then intercedes for us to the Father, Romans 8, Hebrews 7. Remember to please the Holy Spirit and do not grieve the Holy Spirit because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Very powerful instructions. I find myself now doing most of these on a daily basis in my past life. I did not. I did not understand them. I've always believed in prayer, but did not really understand the, many of the principles, and I hope that is of real help to you. There's many other uh, final thoughts here at the bottom of page 19, such as God dwells in the praises of his people. So when you talk about the praises of the people, like our, like Dave saying to us uh, in, the, in the opening song today, God dwells or inhabits actually the word uh, in, in the praises of his people. And there are some other thoughts there that we may be able to expand on in coming podcasts, but I want to keep them uh, in a reasonable time frame. But the other thing I want to close with is waiting. Uh, many times uh, we have to wait for God. We have to wait for God to hear our prayer. We have to wait for God to answer our prayer. And all the things that we've learned about is all part of, and waiting is not easy. Uh, some people find waiting easier than others. But number five says, waiting for God is not laziness. Number six, waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. Waiting for God means activity under command. Waiting means readiness for any new command that may come. Number nine, waiting is the ability to do nothing till the command is given. If the eagles can do it, we can do it. It is Isaiah 40, 31, and I talk a little bit about that on the on page on page twenty, the importance of how eagles wait. I want to just close by uh, by uh, saying two things and then giving you another story. This is what God is saying to us today. I am leading you step by step through your life. Hold my hand in trust and dependence. Let me guide you through the day. Your future may look uncertain and feel flimsy, even precarious. This is how it should be. <laughs> Interesting. Secret things belong to the Lord, and future things are secret things. When you try to figure out the future, you are grasping things that are mine. This, like other forms of worry, is an act of rebellion, doubting my promise to care for you. I love you very much. Signed, Jesus Christ. And in closing, I want to just give you one biblical story about the power of repentance, those verses that... Ruth read, Ruth read in um, response to uh, number one, two, and three on page 19, the power of repentance. And you hear a lot about this word repentance today uh, throughout the world and, and so forth. But there is an incredible story in the Old Testament, and many of you know it, and of course that's the story of Jonah. Well, repentance starts with the individual. Uh, you and me, and so forth. So <clears throat> the story goes on to tell us that God called Jonah. And he said, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. Now, Nineveh in those days, I believe, was the largest city in the world, but 120,000 people, very prosperous. There was no shortage of anything in that town, but it was a very sinful city. They, they were not doing the right things. And 
And in the story, we have to remember that Jonah was Jewish and Nineveh, they were Gentiles. So there's a real lesson there for uh, our action and love for each other, even though we have differences. But Jonah said, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's a choice that we have to make. You know, you could either believe uh, what we're teaching here or not believe it. That's God's giving you the power of choice. You can say what you want to say. But God does not give up many times. And so you know the story of uh, Jonah and, and the great fish and so forth. So after going through all those trials and tribulations, Jonah obeyed, finally. And so he went to the city of Nineveh and preached to go back to, for the city to come back to God. The king listened because God had said, if they do not repent, he was going to wipe out the entire city. Now get this, because Jonah finally obeyed God and did preach repentance to Nineveh and the, the, the local authorities, and they repented. God, instead of changing, God changed his mind. And instead of destroying Nineveh, which he said he was going to do, he didn't, and the city was saved. And, of course, the moral of that story is to obey God and do it his way. And, and, and that's the effect that we have in prayer sometimes. And there's lots of other indications in Scripture where prayer can actually change God's mind. And uh, I don't have time to go into them, but this is one story. It's very, very powerful. So I hope this has encouraged you. I hope that it'll improve your prayer life as we go through this uh, changing time in our society. We look forward to the next podcast. We have some amazing ones coming. The next podcast is going to be the biggest revelation that's ever come to me in my entire life. And it's, it affects all of us. And I call it God's vaccine. I'll say that again. It's called God's vaccine. If you want to know what God's vaccine is, then you want to listen. Honey, would you close in prayer? I will. Thank you, Barry. So loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, which is uh, quick and empowering and equipping for us today. And I was thinking about this, the words of that song, what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Thank you that you did not leave us uh, alone when you went back to, when you returned to heaven, you left us your uh, Holy Spirit. And so today we take great comfort, Lord, in knowing that your Holy Spirit is making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. I pray for the encouragement of our folks uh, listening right now that we will have the full assurance of faith, Lord, that you hear our prayer. We, I think of that verse, I sought the Lord, and he heard me. He heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. I've come against fear and anxiety today, and I pray that we will lean heavily on you, Lord Jesus, and come to you uh, in, in believing prayer. Thank you for the privilege of, of being uh, able to come boldly and humbly and I thank you also that um, you are always ready to hear our prayer. You don't slumber or sleep, the word tells us. So we are grateful today, and we move in the strength of this message in your name. Amen. Thank you. God bless. Bye now. Hallelujah.
today's episode or to contact Barry, please go to solomonsporchteaching.com. That's solomonsporchteaching.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time.